0: I put out my first net profitable month was launched in June. The first net profitable month was in November. And then from that point forward, we really started to grow. And every year since launch, we've had an increase in revenue. We have not had one year where we did not have growth. And then the last three years, we've had tremendous growth. So we've essentially doubled revenue over the last three years. Last year, we had a banner year and you know, thinking, yeah, you know, it's going to be tough to have another year like that. And, and you know, we're already about 10% ahead of pace from last year. And again, it's all those skill sets. It's sales, marketing, recruiting, operations, building those systems and putting those systems into action. And then you know, one thing I maybe haven't mentioned, but surrounding myself with really good people because you can't do it all yourself.
1: Welcome. So leaders, I'm really excited to bring you a serial entrepreneur, um, an incredible leader. Uh, his name is Marcus Vandenbrink. Uh, Marcus was, uh, a powerful leader in our business. He went on to, uh, be, uh, fundamental in the creation of a, of a, of a trading firm in Canada a number of years ago. Um, that was one of the fastest growing companies in Canada and he and, uh, His partner were one of the core reasons why that happened. He went on to uh, get involved in um, selling a a large business to uh, Direct Energy um, and now is in the publishing business. Uh, He has uh, amazing lessons, uh, some amazing uh, opportunities to learn in this uh, podcast. I recommend you listen right to the end. Thanks so much. Thank you so much Marcus uh for for coming onto our podcast and and uh you know just just sharing your um your experience and 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 uh the amazing things that you've done with our young leaders. So uh so so thank you. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Yeah, so so tell me about what you were like before our program.
0: Well, I think um you know very much uh from early on I I think I I had a lot of the tendencies that um, that I have today. Um, I was uh, a, a you know pretty uh, active kid. I was um, you know like to be engaged in in lots of different types of things all the time. I uh, which you know t- today I, I consider myself you know someone who's who's you know I, I joke around about having the uh, the adult uh, ADD at times yeah. and you know like to be involved in a lot of different activities, doing lots of things, but. Um, I think that uh, as when I was young, actually, people used to even uh, kind of joke around about being sort of a, a very entrepreneurial type kid. And, you know, I'll, I'll just a one very brief anecdote of when I was uh, in elementary school and we discovered, uh, you know, up the road, there was uh, this, this factory that was manufacturing plastic and they discarded the scraps of plastic. And the kids would, we would go and rummage and grab these pieces of plastic. And so I had the wherewithal to start selling these scraps of plastic uh, in elementary school. And so that was kind of the, the running joke as I got older is why you were, you know, you always sort of had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... Um, sort of reflects to a degree, you know, what carried how I was as a, as a youngster, I was, you know, a a pretty uh, happy kid, and uh, happy teenager. And uh, just, I I would say, to transition a little bit into high school, I, I was in a place where wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So, you know, there was, I really, I was, took a lot of different types of courses, I had, no, you know, just didn't have a real clear direction of what I wanted to do. And even going into uh to university, um, I, I just wasn't, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll go to law, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll do this. I just really didn't know. So I took very general focus and general programs. And it and it really just uh until I came across the program, I really just was not able to really figure out what direction I wanted to go in. And I was just kind of, you know. Running, running through the wheel and taking my courses and, and just, you know, just going through the motions, so to speak. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I and and, and I know I know we had a, uh, an amazing experience working with you, uh, you know, at 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 Student Works. But uh, what do you uh, still rely on from the program?
0: Oh, man, <laughs> uh, everything. Um, boy, that, that's you know, I, I think I'd start with I, I mean, I'd say that. Uh, you know, really everything, um, you know, the the connections are probably where I would start to answer that question and say those connections. I, I you know, I've, I have this conversation with my wife a lot and literally everything that I've done throughout my career, all the successes I've had in some way have a direct lineage back to my time at student works. There's a little, there's just a, this linkage between everything, and so the first thing I'd say is is those connections that you make, the people you meet are just integral, and'll you you know the value in that is you you just won't realize until you're later in your career and you realize the impact of that you know, more specifically, um, all of the skill sets that I utilize in, in my business today and, and really in every success I've had throughout my career have been skill sets that I got that first foundation at student works. Um, things like the, you know, the, the ability to manage a group of people, um, you know, learning about relationships early on and how important relationships are, you know, in, in your interactions with, with not only coworkers and staff, um, You know, learning about recruiting. I think the recruiting skills that you learn are maybe I don't want to say underrated, but that the value in that recruiting has been, in my experience, one of the biggest impacts that the program has had because it's a really, you know, it's a um, a challenging type recruit, if you will, and and just those skill sets are um, so so useful in virtually anything you're going to do. of course, the sales skills you know when when I first started, my sales conversion rates were uh, i would say well below average. Um, I was not a strong salesperson. I was always very confident, but it just i had didn't have those fine tuned sales skills By the end of my first year, my conversion rates were very strong, and then you know, after five years in that program, um you know my sales skills were just. Uh, I consider very, very good, and that, of course, has carried throughout my career, and I've always loved to be involved in some way, in some form of that selling. Um, and then just the uh, you know, just being able to understand systems, operations, you're doing so much as a, as a manager, I find, that it really throws you into this this um, you know, you, this need to you know, learn time management. Learn to, and of course, this is all taught. But you know, you're you're really having to 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 be an effective time manager. You're having to learn to manage your systems and follow those systems. And you know, that's one one of the biggest lessons I think I've taken out of that program and carried throughout my career is just you know managing systems and using those systems to better manage your business. And I've you know again, I got great foundation for that. With student works because there are so many moving parts that you have to, uh, uh, you know, keep those those plates spinning, if you will, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and then that you know the multitasking, just the ability to, you know, be on top of it, work hard, and multitask, stay on top of you know being an effective time manager. Yeah, those those
1: are every one of those things I just totally see and just how how valuable it is. it's such a young age, right? And, and, and again, you, know, you obviously spent, you know, five really, you know, you know, great years. And, and one thing to note is, like you said, it's like, you, you were, you were strong, but not overwhelmingly, right? And you just got better and better and better. And a lot of times people don't really see that in their lives, but Hey, who we are today is not who we become. Right. And, and, and I, I knew the same thing, you know, who I was in my first year as an operator, and in, in, you know, again, who I who I developed into, just you know, just massive, massive changes and growth, and and so having having the pers- persistence and the perseverance, and 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 uh, to just keep coming back um, and learning more and learning more and learning more is another thing that that a lot of our really really outstanding alumni have in common, you know, and it's a great thing for our, for our young leaders to know. Um, but I know eventually you moved on with disappointment, but but totally it's, it's part of the process. You know what you know is is our great people move on, and I know you moved on with with another uh, one of our uh, our amazing uh, uh, you know past alumni, Richard Carroll, and you went and you founded this a really amazing business, and you'll need to describe it because it kind of really doesn't really exist right now. It was kind of this you know, sweet spot. So so please describe what that was and what happened.
0: Yeah, for sure. So. Basically um yeah so so Rich Carroll and I we we uh again one of those uh, amazing relationships that was founded in in my time at Student Works and um became a, a, a very good friend we um together uh started a it was a, initially a, a day trading firm so at the time um day trading was not legal in Canada uh previously so day trading was really booming in the US and then um they uh the, this one company Swift Trade Securities basically you know spent you know all of the efforts to basically legalize day trading in Canada so this was the only firm that was doing this we essentially bought the license rights to um to start this day trading firm in London Ontario and and what that involved was you know first of all myself going back to school becoming uh you know a licensed broker and branch manager, so having having to uh go back to school again and do that right and uh and then um initially the model was to we would um have basically more sales and marketing focus initially, so that we would run conferences seminars in, in on creating strategies, and then basically we would recruit these full time people to come in. And uh, open a trading account. They would use our facilities. So we had the only direct access trading platform in the country. And if you were in London and you wanted access to the markets, there was literally no other option at the time other than to come to our facility. So they would use their own capital, and our uh, revenue was earned through generating uh, commissions on those trades at the time. My role in the company was I did more of the training, another skill set that i picked up at uh, student works um presenting training and then um my partner was focused more on doing the the, we call them the demos but you know would would do sort of the presentations as people came in and together we would run these seminars so we'd do a lot of uh marketing and advertising Um, again more skill sets that we picked up in the program and we would um you know that that was how we attracted large groups and then essentially sell them our the program and of course we charge for training as well and so so that we ran that that business for a couple of years and it actually tr- ended up transitioning into um uh, a proprietary trading model so what happened was it uh trading the model of of being a full-time trader was um getting a little bit more competitive so we found that we would switch to a new model where we would essentially hire staff to trade our capital, and we could set all the parameters of risk control. And so now we shifted from this sales and marketing business into more of a recruiting company. Right. And and so this was now you know such a win for us because our skill set in recruiting um, was really uh, put put to the uh, put to the challenge, and we were recruiting out of the Ivy Business School in Western. Um, and we brought in you know we that was really for us where the growth really started to happen. We um, ended up We were so successful within the organization that we actually created our own internal franchise system where other licensees across Canada were would then uh, essentially sign on to our program so that we could teach them those skill sets, how to manage, how to recruit, um, taught them our systems. And, uh, and again, that we, that was really where we started to blow up. And we ended up with six offices in Canada, one in South America, uh, at our peak, we had about, uh, there were about 225 employees in the network. And, uh, yeah. And then, and like I said, that was, you know, the, the skill sets were so fresh still from, from, uh, student works and, and it wasn't something where we would sort of reflect on, oh yeah, there were. Some impact from Stewart. I mean, literally, Rich and I would say, yeah, this is th- these are the skills that we were good at. This is what we learned in that program, and that's been the result of our success.
1: Yeah, no, and it was it was interesting as well. Like Swift Trade uh, uh, became one of the fastest growing companies in in, in Canada, um, and yes. in many ways, obviously, you know, not just yours, but a huge part of that was because of the success you guys had as the elite network amongst their network. Uh, in in that's right. Um, and it's, and and it's funny, I always love to see the, the, now they call it the, the, the growth 500. I always love to see the growth 500 every year because I, I highlight all sorts of our alumni who are part of these businesses, you know, sometimes founding and running, but sometimes, oh, so-and-so is running business development there. So-and-so is running sales, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so, and, and so, so, you know, one, one lesson is, is not everything keeps going. So, so, you know, for our right. young leaders, you know, so, so what, what happened, what, what's, what, what changed the marketplace to, to not let that business keep operating?
0: Well, it's funny, you know, it, it was both, um, you know, that was one of the, a challenge we came across, but it also in some ways was a big win for us because we, we really saw my, Rich and I, we saw the writing on the wall. We saw that the business was becoming very saturated. So uh, we used to go to conferences and every conference I would argue with you know with ownership and say hey guys we if we continue to uh continue to expand and they started adding more and more locations as if we continue saying we're going to start to erode ourselves um and you know uh, i was always challenged on that point it turned out to come to fruition exactly as i had sort of envisioned where we brought in too many people and we actually were just the 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 revenue dollars for the company weren't really increasing. We just started sharing it amongst a much larger pool. So that was, you know, so I when we saw that coming, um, we actually decided to sell the business. So people were saying, "You're crazy! What are you guys doing? You're going to sell this? Is such a great business?" But again, we just we kind of saw the writing on the wall. So we did. um, We ended up uh, we did sell the business, and really shortly after that, it it just Start, more or less ceased to exist, so it just got you know wow. there there are some tertiary businesses around you know here and there, but really the business as it was just eventually you know within twelve months of us exiting the business, it really started to uh, to implode wow, so it's so yeah. so again for our young leaders, you know we've got
1: to not just be really good at executing our business, we also have to be looking at what's happening in the marketplace and and yeah. you know it's it's just looking, well, this just doesn't make sense that it's going to keep growing, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense. And, and so sometimes just, again, it's your, just your gut feel. Well, if we keep putting more and more people into a, into a marketplace, we'll eventually reach a top, you know, and, 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 and so isn't that, isn't
0: that fascinating, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so and then what, what, did you, what did you do next? So actually, um, so we left the business and, um, you know, basically started, you know, Feeling out new opportunities. Rich and I together were still very much in that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, you know, at the time neither of us even contemplated doing anything other than, you know, launching something else. So right. uh we reached out to um our our number one uh <laughs> number one contact and, and mentor, Chris Thompson. Right. Hey Chris, and uh yeah, and, and said, "Look, we're we're looking for opportunities." Uh, I mean, it must have been you know within a week that um, that Chris introduced us to uh, some people in his network. They had a, an energy company uh, doing more energy wholesale, and they were looking to get into the more energy retail. So, so they would s- simply wholesale to other um, energy retailers, if you will. Right, and they wanted to, to get into the retail business themselves. So it was, it was really residential and small commercial. Um, and with our background with sales, marketing, recruiting, you know, it just, it was a great fit for both sides. They had the background in energy. So we ended up partnering up, formed a new venture, um, uh, Energy One Canada. And, you know, we went to work and we built this business from, from scratch. You know, started building the systems, um, started aggressively recruiting And I mean, that business really was, it was sales, marketing, recruiting operations, all of those core skill sets that, you know, I mentioned earlier on that those things that I learned from that, from the program, from student works. And, you know, there was a lot of competition in that space. Yes. And yet we just, you know, it it was all through our, through our, through networking and recruiting that we were able to bring on, surround ourselves with some really good people, some industry veterans. Um and business took off so within uh within less than two years actually we had over ten thousand customers and uh and ended up actually getting uh bought out by um by it, it was direct energy who ultimately ended up buying out uh our company and uh after two years of running the business
1: great company to buy you um <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and that was a big win for us i mean that yeah. was that was Maybe the most lucrative, you know, two years of my career. Just, yeah. just if you boil it down, it was very lucrative two years, for sure. So,
1: for our young leaders, when you get bought by smaller people, typically the amount of money you get is smaller than when you get bought by big people, big company, <laughs> <laughs> big company. So, Marcus has never right. told me how much he made on that deal, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I know we're great friends, and uh, so yeah. It, helped out a whole lot entered a whole lot of my operators and i I know, uh, I know what goes around comes around in this world so yeah so it's, it's right but and it's really funny because when you talk about that it was um oh gosh all of a sudden his name um ron Stitt, his his uh, it was like he we were talking he goes i know you've got great people who do you know and then you guys called like it was it was just like karma and i you know and and Oh, we're looking to, for something that's next, Chris, and it was like, well gee, I just talked to ron and he he's he's got this opportunity and and, and isn't that fantastic so and again yeah. it speaks to again the network it's be, I was speaking to someone just recently who was you know just decided hey, they wanted to leave their opportunity their latest opportunity was was doing it. I go, well, you know, so what have you done so far? Well, not so much, fortunately, she has a bunch of money and she hasn't you know she's not too worried, but but I go, well, the most important thing to do is go talk to people, not get online, yeah. go talk to people, especially because she's a top performer and top performers are always, people are always interested in that.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and,
1: and so, 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 um, so, and, and again, I, I know our young leaders find this type of stuff really fascinating about, you know, you, you know, like so often, you know, what's going to happen in life? What's, what's, what's coming forward for you? Right. You don't know. And so, so, right. so what, you know, and obviously you made the decision to sell great decision walking away with some money, but what what was next then? What did you decide to do?
0: So, yeah, there, there was, it, there was kind of a, a, an interesting, it was a fun time. We, I, I actually continued, uh, the partnership with, with Rich Carroll. We, um, actually did some, uh, some real estate development. So, yeah. you know, we, we had some, some capital and, and, uh, you know, really enjoyed that uh, that time. It was it was uh, sort of a, a brief period of of you know more sort of investment focus at that point. Um, and then and then once we were you know so so it was pretty engaged for for about a year and a half doing some renovations on apartment units. We had some apartment buildings in St. Catharines, Niagara Falls. And and then once the dust kind of settled there and we were invested, there was now it felt like it was time for something the next chapter. Um, and so we actually at that point i personally decided that well i've never been in the corporate world right and i have no idea how marketable my skill sets are i mean it's just and it felt like that would be really interesting to you know it just felt like i wanted to try that 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 area if you will and so um i i put together a resume which was the first time in my <laughs> my career <laughs> I, you know i'm like Thirty-five years old. I'd never done a resume and put that right. together. Uh, met with some, some recruiters, and I was really impressed at you know how quickly people were interested in my background. Um, you know, very good income positions. Right. And so I ended up. I really connected with um, somebody who owned a publishing company. I had no background whatsoever. Couldn't say the first thing about publishing, but right. again, it's all those transferable skill sets. This was. At the end of the day, it was a sales and marketing position um, leading a big team. So it was a publishing company. they were international, and their North American operation was really struggling. It was their by far bottom performing operation. and they were in you know in Europe, in Africa, Australia, Middle East. And so I took on a role as executive vice president, and uh, my job was to try to fix that, uh, fledging North America, uh, uh, operation. Right. And so I went back to work with all those skill sets. I mean, I remember the first thing I did was I, I sat down in the boardroom and, you know, talked about my core values, which these people were just like, they were stunned. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Aren't we going to talk about making more phone calls? You know, no, no. It was, it was focused on, these are my core values. These are, you know, if you want to work here, these are the, the, you know, the attributes you have to have. And so we, what ended up happening over a period of about six to eight months, I, I actually ended up replacing everyone but one person that one person, by the way, he works for me today he's my chief awesome. growth officer <laughs> in my in my company um, everyone else was replaced, and within six to eight months, we were the highest grossing, most profitable division in that company. Wow um, I could pretty much write my ticket in that in that operation and and it, again it was all of those same skill sets. I mean, it didn't matter that it was publishing. It was creating systems that worked. It was managing people, motivating people, doing lots of sales and marketing. Those, those simple, and, and, you know, the, those multitasking skills. And, you and, uh, know, it was all, the, again, it was all of those core skill sets that I had learned at Student Wars Painting that I just continued to develop throughout my career. And that was the reason for the success. Um, I ultimately did end up, um, I ended up leaving the company. There was um, the, the challenge I had was there was only so much autonomy I had as the vice president or the owner of the company. He had his way of sort of seeing things. I had my way. His way involved, I'd say, a l- little bit less integrity than I was personally comfortable with. So I know that sounds cliche, but it's a fact. I ended up uh, leaving for another opportunity that was introduced to me by Chris Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Before we jump to that, one of the things I wanted
1: to highlight for our young leaders listening is, number one, Marcus's role in this organization was executive VP. So a lot of times people don't understand, but so often when people are Executive VP, Vice President, you know, Business Development, Business Director—all these roles really are driving sales, driving growth. How do we do that? By bringing on amazing people, by recruiting amazing people, by by creating a strong foundation of people aligned with value. So, so it does. And, and also, the other thing I wanted to point out is, you know, how did Marcus build a team by getting people of similar values, or or. It, it, people to have similar values. And, and, and I'm sure a bunch of those values were, were, were things that, that he aligned with me. And why do I know that? Because we get along so well and because we see the world so similarly. And so, so then he attracted those people into his business. And then when you're working with someone and you are not aligned on values, it makes sense that you would want to leave. And it doesn't say anything badly about somebody. It just says we weren't aligned. And, and that's okay. And it's not making someone wrong or that they're bad. It's just, we weren't really aligned. And so then the best thing that people do um, is, is they move on and they find another opportunity. And that was really great. Because um, again, it was a similar thing. I was able to, uh, to sort of connect uh, uh, Marcus to actually one of, our, one of our, well, a lot of people might think are, are our competitors, but, but uh, you worked with sort of pro payers. And what was, what was that that's experience right. like? <laughs>
0: Um you know it was actually a, a, a really really good couple of years um it was a great role it was a single contributor uh role actually and you know I uh, it was just a, a bit of a a, a focused uh, shift and you know I, I do love selling it's definitely one of my biggest passions is to sell and in relationships and dealing with people and so it was a really um it was a really uh, interesting sale where you're you know, it was it was essentially selling uh, franchises, but it was in that space that I was so familiar with. It was selling painting franchises. I mean, it was again, it was a great fit. Um, I I loved. I got to meet amazing people. Um, they actually transferred me down to the U.S., which was something that I had always wanted to do. So they helped me to realize that dream of coming down to the U.S. And I made some great connections and friends there that I'm still very close with today. Um, they were very, very sorry to see me go. I was the, um, I was essentially the top. Uh, I was what's called the top native recruiter in the company, which means I was the generating mm-hmm. the. I had the 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 most recruits come through that were sourced through my own channels, um, which is something that they had tried to do year after year, and they were not able to break into that uh, that sort of uh, program. And so through sales, marketing, uh, work ethic, because they involved a lot, some heavy lifting, um, and, and those deals paid much higher commission and were much more profitable for the company. So I was actually financially doing better than uh, there was one other person who was recruiting more people, but his recruits were coming into a source where they pay out insanely high commission. So without getting too technical, but uh, but it was a it was a fantastic experience. Um, they would have loved to have seen me, you know, go the long course and stay with the company. Eventually, you know, promote to VP partner, all those other things. But um, I had other plans. I just could not shake my my entrepreneurial side.
1: Are you enjoying the episode so far? I'm sure you've heard the saying: "It's not what you know; it's who you know." I've always thought that saying was inaccurate. I believe more accurately. It's who you know who think highly of you and would be willing to refer you. I wanted to let you know I put together an amazing package for you. The four referability habits advantage. These habits are so powerful that when followed, they completely change the game for people and allow them to operate on a whole other level. If you're interested in getting your hands on the Four Referability Habits Advantage, just jump over to www.leaderspodcast.ca and download it for free. These habits will help you gain the respect of everyone you deal with so that you can land those important referrals in your life and business. Once again, just go to www.leaderspodcast.ca. .ca and download the four referability habits advantage. Now, back to our Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. I wanted to, I want to again just kind of touch touch base for our young leaders to sort of see. So, number one, um, that connection came from the CEO of Soda Propainters. So, you might think, well, why would Chris have a relationship with the CEO of Soda Propainters? Should they need enemies? No. You want to make people you're competing yeah. with your friends. So Paul Heyman no longer uh, is there. Um, he's done very well and he's doing other things. But, but no, you want, you want your, your, your competitors to be your friends. You want to be participating in a, in a, in a strong way. That organization are ethical, very smart people, have developed a, an amazing organization over years and years. That painting company is the largest yeah. painting company in the world. They do hundreds of millions. I'm not exactly sure, but I but I know their goal was a billion. I, 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 they're just shy of a billion dollars. Just shy of a billion dollars in painting. Now that's they, they're worldwide. They're you know enormous in the United States. Not quite as big in Canada, and still quite large in Canada. So so for our for our uh, you know student works operators, you know you may see them as competitors, and but for me, I see them as a great competitor because they charge a bunch. Yeah. They're not afraid to, to, to charge for good value for consumers. And that's, what, that's what's always great. They charge, you know, so they're not like a bucket and pail people who charge little. And, and so that's one thing I wanted to share. And, 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 and so, again, it's, it's like um, that's something as well that you see is, is that over the, the, the distance of your career, you have a reputation that builds with you. And so Marcus's reputation kept building, and again he obviously had an opportunity to do incredibly well and instead went and is 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 launched the business that he's doing right now uh which is business view publishing so so you went back to that sort of publishing opportunity, so tell us about that how that decision um decision came about et cetera
0: Marcus yeah, it was um man I mean it, you know just being down in in the u s and and having really gotten settled in here, it just felt like you know i I couldn't help but feel that you know it's i'm just i'm a very entrepreneurial person it was I had now been roughly you know maybe four years working in more of a corporate type setting, and you know i just and it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing I just really you know my aspirations are. I want to build. I want to build something. I want to create something. It's what I've done. That's what I've enjoyed. Um, And so I basically uh, decided to launch uh, my publishing company. My non-compete had expired with the publishing company I'd worked for before. And that was a big factor. Um, I wouldn't have done that without that being the case. And uh, yeah, so so basically just um, invested, put some Capital set up, invested, and launched the company. Um, I knew the business so well, and you know had a very, very quick turnaround to profitability um, and then so this was now going back we're we're roughly in our ninth year, and so from launching that company and and again using all of the skill sets, and I should back up even and say. Most people I know, I talk to people all the time who say, "Yeah, I want to start my own business." People talk to me all the time. People, my my network friends, and they say, "I want to start my own business," but most of those people just they don't know how to execute. They don't know how to go from "I want to start a business" even those that have a really good plan to actually doing it. And to me, that's one of the intangibles that I think that I I got from student works is that it takes away that little fear piece that says that stops that execution that just makes you go and do it and you gotta execute and it teaches you 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 learn how to execute because you have to. You gotta you just can't, you know, failure is not an option. You have to make it happen. And so I pot committed and pot committed means I didn't do this on the side. You know, a lot of people well I want to start my business on the side and yeah, well that's like that's like a hobby when you do it part time and hobbies cost money. They don't make money. Um, right. So to yeah. me, it was about pot committing to this, you know, giving appropriate notice to a great organization. Who, by the way, we're I'm good friends with the person that I was my my person that I reported for. We hang out all the time, and awesome. yeah. And so we, uh, I started the business, and you know, went out, rented some space, started recruiting, launched, and our. So I started in June by I put out my first. Uh, net profitable month was launched in June. The first net profitable month was in November. And then from that point forward, we really started to grow. And every year since launch, we've had an increase in revenue. We have not had one year where we did not have growth. Um, And then the last three years, we've had tremendous growth. So we've essentially doubled revenue over the uh, the last three years. Last year we had a banner year, and you know, thinking, yeah, you know, this is going to be tough to. It's going to be tough to have another year like that, and and you know, we're already uh, about ten percent ahead of pace from last year, and and this again, it's all those skill sets: it's sales, marketing, recruiting, operations, building those those systems, and, and and putting those systems into action. And then you know, one thing I maybe haven't mentioned but surrounding myself with really good people because you can't do it all yourself. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I've just, you know, I, I work the, uh, there's two people that I hired in that publishing company, um, that work for me today, actually. So, you know, it, it, right. and maintaining those relationships and keeping those connections yeah. never burning bridges. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, you know, I think that, Having a, just built a tremendous team here, um, we have very very low turnover, um, and which is you know can be rare in a sales organization. And uh, um, yeah, that's uh, you know people ask me.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. And just to, just to share as well, um, a couple of things that I that I that I wanted to point out. Number one, many times when you're really good at organizations, and you're you're being taught specific things, you're going to have to sign a non compete. Respect that non compete. Cause otherwise you're going to get sued, you know? Um, and, and it's unethical, you know? So, so it's like Marcus knew the deal. It was a one year non-compete, Went in, you know, and again, I, I'm sure your plan wasn't to go in and learn the business and leave. Right. Your plan was to, uh, thought it would work and wow, I, I can make it work. And then all of a sudden, wow, it's not working. Right. And so you left, um, you know, and, and then, you know, I, I you know, when you run a business, you just understand how you so rely on other people. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, you know Marcus has some really amazing specific skill um they're a lot similar to the really amazing- similar skills that I have, and we need people who have other skills so that we can focus on the things that we do best yeah. and that's what a great organization is is someone can handle this, someone can handle that someone's responsible for this, and so when you really understand how valuable people are to you, then People get that you get that, and then they say, "Oh, well, I want to stay here. Yeah. I, I'm well rewarded. I'm admired. I'm appreciated." Um, you know, I see. I see uh, Marcus's Facebook sites and, and different things where he posts uh, celebratory, uh, you know, dinners and, and things like that with his team, and 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 you just, you know, you, you see just how 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 again, there's a culture there. There's a really great feeling there. And Marcus is actually business based down in Fort Myers in Florida and it's an area where it's very difficult to get people. The recruiting market is very very challenging. Yeah. And so one of the real keys is to be able to hold on to your people
0: and you've been able to do that. Yeah, and if you don't mind me adding on to that as well, the, sure. the you know the the once you know the business kind of hit critical mass, the the focus really did start to become retention because turnover can be expensive. And so it was I, really i was it was this direct thought of my time at student works, the most fun I had in my career hands down just just hands down fun was working with student works I mean it was just the best those were the best years of the, of my life they were amazing time, and so i I literally think of some of those tangible things that we did at student works, and i've tried to put as much of that into my business as possible. And, and so to give you some very specific examples are the, we do an annual conference every year. Right. And so that annual conference and awards that I literally have taken back to the conference and awards we used to do at Student Works. I mean, it, it's a direct link to that. You know, it's, it's, right. and it's thinking about those things. It's taking the team out for going out for drinks it's taking them to las vegas on a trip it's rewarding them and creating all yeah. these incentives where it's literally thinking back on my time there and how much fun i had and how can i recreate that environment for my team and so you know that is yes. something I, I just wanted to share how important that side of it is that's maybe the less tangible but i've really tried to yeah. put into my business and it's worked because i like i said i've got a yeah. team that wants to stick around
1: Yeah. And see, the other great thing about this, um, and a lot of times people really don't see it, but guess what? It makes Marcus's job as the president of Business View Publishing amazing because he has an environment that is fun. He has an environment that he really cares for his people. I'm sure they really care for him. They really like him. They're really appreciative of him because they get paid well and compensated and appreciated. And Trade and 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 mentored and guided and and uh, share their lives together. So Marcus wins not just not just financially, right? You know, like whatever, like you know, uh, yeah. I, th- I hope people get an idea. Marcus has done well and has some money. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's 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 about Marcus's life works because his, his you know just where he spends most of his time is the happy place, right? And so that's one of the things leaders when they're creating their businesses or going into businesses and taking senior roles it's like when i'm doing all these we're running all these events and we're we're you know giving back for people we're learning from each other it's that my my actual life gets better you know my experience of my life is better
0: a hundred percent yeah yeah
1: It's so, it's so, so awesome. Just, you know, so, so I know we've been talking about, about good thing and good thing and good thing. And I know that's not (laughs) actually how it's all gone down. So, you know, what do you, what do you think, you know, you know, maybe you can tell some of the young leaders just about biggest failures or mistakes and, you know, what you learned from those.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, it's funny. I, I, I rarely, I mean, there's no question Steady, straight up arrow. There's. I've had setbacks in my career. Um, I'll tell you. One of the probably one of the biggest lessons. And, and I, I have to say that I, you know, I'm I'm a happy person. Even when times are bad, I'm still a happy person. Um, yeah. You know. But you get yeah. stressed out. But you're but I'm still generally a happy yeah. person. Yeah. But um, what I can say. So I, I very rarely do the you know the the, the regret and oh boy, I wish this had turned out different or that had turned out different. I, I just try to focus on moving forward. But, you know, tangible lessons, you know, because I have had, um, you know, one of the things I'd say was trying to diversify um, as, you know, I mentioned earlier doing things kind of part-time and as a hobby. And so I think one of an area where I had have had multiple setbacks throughout my career was, attempting to diversify into some other venture, which with a big investment, but not really um, putting the necessary resources or time into it, that thinking it would just sort of happen part time. Um, and so that's why I, I you know, mentioned earlier that, you know, the, yeah. when you do things part time, it's, you know, be prepared that that's a good chance that's not going to work out for you. So that was probably a lesson that if I'm going to do something, I really need to bring in the right people to help. Um, if I can't even mention that right now I'm looking to expand and the first person I talked to was Chris <laughs> about you know his network and I've already had yeah. some great conversations, but so, so there was that, um, I've definitely become a very litigious person. Uh, early on in my career, I was the exact opposite of that. You could have scrolled down a contract on a cocktail napkin and a handshake and I'd be good with that. Um, And there were situations where I got burned as a result of that. And so, yeah. So, you know, today I've definitely, um, have become certainly a a more, more litigious. I make sure that, um, you know, I have, you know, very careful, uh, make sure that I'm protected, so to speak. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think less specifically, I, you know, one of the things that I feel like I didn't manage well when I was a younger, uh, earlier in my career, was finances. And oh, yeah. um, I was way too loose with money. I spent more money than I should. I was careless with money. And, you know, that's, you know, if I had a regret, that would be a regret where I wish I had been more careful about, you know, other investments. And it was maybe, you know, six, seven years ago that I have become, you know, absolutely, you know, just say if I can say religious about my finances so right. um and and I think that's you know and and really, in running the business too, you know, anyone that takes on that student works business, it's a great idea to be you know to just be watch those finances, I know it's talked about, but I'm kind of uh, going off on a tangent here, but uh so yeah, you know the every failure if you will that i've had throughout my career i've definitely taken something away from it and as long as the next time around you just make sure that you know you don't make those same mistakes then you know again it sounds cliche but it absolutely is a positive experience because it is going to help you yeah and at the end of the day you'll get to where you want to go and those those losses you had are a very big part of you know where you end up yeah and in my case that's absolutely true yeah, no, and and
1: and it's it, there's no question that I had similar uh, similar errors, you know, getting too spread out, doing running side businesses that all lost me money, lots and lots and lots right. of money, <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much pain, and so it's made me smarter, and 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 now I don't do that anymore, and uh, um, right, you know, so um, even though it excites me, and and so a lot of times as well, the things that excite us, because that's part of what it what it is, it's like. Wow, well, it'd be great to have this and then that and then this. And you know, but the reality is, is that usually that doesn't work. You know, usually it doesn't. Now some people can make it work, and I know there's people that don't work, but overwhelmingly, most of the people I know who really are very successful run one business that's really powerful um, and focus on that. And we have some people yeah. bring them to the podcast, some amazing we call them portfolio entrepreneurs who actually can right. run multiple businesses. And a lot of times there's, there's a, you know, it doesn't always work that well, but, but again, it's, it's, it's a unique capability to be able to do that. Um, um, and, and, and sometimes it just looks good from the outside and it's actually not what's happening too. You know, know, I got all these businesses. Oh, isn't that cool? Now, Hey, which one's really making you the money? Which one's really (laughs) really And maybe they got so much money. It doesn't matter too. So, but, but, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's something to think about. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so it's, and, and I love just as well, just like, Hey, I learned from it. And now I'm doing it differently. That's the, that's the best way of of any successful person really going through their lives. You're going to bump right. into and you know, you just got to learn and move on. So, um, so what about, um, key habits? What, what, what key habits would, would someone want to steal from you?
0: Well, <sighs> You know, I think that I think about that. I I I always I know very like I can say with absolute confidence that I'm the hardest worker. <laughs> um in my At the end of the day, I'm the hardest worker. I always lead, I do my best to lead by example. I really believe that in my opinion is one of the most important things. I think it's why I've been successful what i've done here is just um you know i i put my money where my mouth is so to speak um mm-hmm. it's not you know do what i say not as i do it really is do as i do and you know it, it's i can confidently say hey look if you can just if you just match what i'm doing you're going to be successful here Right. Um, it, so yeah i mean i think i you know there there is that the you know the myth i think that entrepreneurs. the e-myth, I guess, that entrepreneurs, you know, don't work hard. Um, I think the difference is, and I do work hard, but I love it. I think that's the difference. So, you know, I, I'm just, I go, go, go. Part of it is I would, if I wasn't, you know, working hard all the time, I'd probably be bored. Um, I don't have to be working. So I could literally, if I wanted to, I could, you know, take the next six months off. I've got a great team in place. I don't have to be here. But I love being here, and I want to be here. Um, I'm not, per se, passionate about publishing, quite frankly. Um, I don't, the widget doesn't matter for me. I just love, I love sales and marketing. I love managing people. And so I think because, the, because I love what I'm doing, and I think you got to love it to be successful. You got to right. love it. And, but you don't have to love everything about it. You just have to find those things that do get you happy and make you want to get up in the morning and make you want to go into the office and really focus on those things. And, uh, you know, and if you can do that, and you could be you know, a positive, happy person, and then couple that with, with that work ethic, you know, I really do believe that for me... Those are the habits that have made me successful. I don't consider myself a genius. Um, <laughs> trust me, I'm not. I'm just, right. you know, I'm someone who is able to put a plan together and then just get off my ass and, and make that plan happen and then fix the mistakes as I go. And a lot of it is, you know, fixing those mistakes as I go, adapting and, and making those adjustments.
1: And a lot of the businesses that you've been in are, are pretty simple businesses. Like, you know, once you get to the root, it's like, totally. oh, there's this there's this technology or the system or this program we're running. And then it's about getting a bunch of great people. Let's go do this. Let's let's you know, yeah. let's go create some value for customers and, and customers are gonna be happy because we're 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 providing this great solution for them. Or or you right. know, right, you know, and 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 so we're providing a value and uh you know our, 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 our staff's getting a value and I'm getting a value and and, and again, like I think initially I think uh, you know, for our young leaders, it's like, well, hold on. I just I want to I want to get paid. I want to make some money. I'm coming to school with debt, or, or whatever it is. You know, what do, I, what do I do? And we get it. And that makes sense. And then as we go along, it's more and more. What do I love? What am I going to enjoy? And so that the difference between work and play is not a lot. Right, I, yeah. you know, do similar yeah. things. I talk to people, at, you know, when I'm off. I I, I engage people, I, you know, and and have good conversations with them. That's what I do in my role. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: no, so, definitely. Um,
1: so, so when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what
0: comes to mind, Marcus? Oh, um, when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I think, I mean, first of all, I think at the core there has to be that that drive one of our core values is drive and and you've got to be driven to success at all times not just when it's susa's best but you know it's, it's when you least feel like it. yeah that's to me it's that it's the person that comes in you know and if you know the person that comes in on a on a Monday morning not feeling particularly great and that person that makes themselves do not just what needs to be done but but the next thing as well. And, and to me, I feel like that sort of at your core, I think the leaders of tomorrow, they have that in them somewhere. Um, So it's, you know, it is, it's a, it's motivation, it's drive because at the end of the day, the leaders of tomorrow are going to, they're going to be successful in some area that they do. And that, that is, I think at its core, the most important a direct element to success is to have that motivation all of and that to me is going to drive all of those other things now that if you're super motivated but you lack integrity or you're super motivated um you know but i, I don't know that, that's maybe the integrity is probably the best connection but if, if so you're there's going to be other obstacles that if you don't have they're going to get in the way or maybe you're super motivated but you don't actually get out and do the work um then then you're going to be you're not going that's going to be a big hurdle to your success so the leader of tomorrow is someone who's got the motivation but also i think has a lot of the you know just that positivity that you know that integrity and all those other things that are going to relate to success but i think it can be any personality type it can be, there's no, I don't think there's any one fit of this is the person that's the, the the next leader. I actually, contrary to a lot of common belief, I don't, I personally don't believe leaders are necessarily born. I think people can become leaders. I've yeah. known people that are not the loudest person in the room, the biggest personality, but can be exceptional, outstanding uh, leaders. And so, because they have something else that's kind of, you know, pushing them to that next, that next plateau. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I think that's, I think
1: that's really, really, uh, awesome. Um, you know, it, what, you know, it's interesting and I can, I I just so get how we're so aligned. Um, you know, one of our core values is work hard, um, uh, work hard, play hard, have fun. And so, so, so to me, again, you've got to work hard. Um, and then while we're working hard, we can have a lot of fun. You know, we can just we can just you know, and 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 just that's just such a key piece of 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 again you know the leaders in our program, the really successful people I've met outside, uh, you know, uh, you know, in entrepreneurial organizations and community, et cetera, community leaders that I know. And like you said, I think there's there is a there is a um, a common misunderstanding that that you know leaders don't work hard. That oh yeah, they just have. People do their work and they just, you know, you know, I'm sitting on a boat and, you know, and again, hey, maybe you have a boat. You're down in Florida. Maybe you sit on it sometimes. But, yeah, you know, there's a lot of hard work to pay for the boat. There's a lot of hard work that, that just goes into being a leader. So, uh, you know, really appreciate those uh, those sentiments uh, to share today. So um, so so Marcus, I I really appreciate you. Um, your time that you spent with us, uh, you know, thanks so much. Um, and, uh, I know we'll stay connected. There's another alumni from our program. I'm going to send you, you just, re- you reminded me. So, so, uh, another, another alumni who's, who's, uh, you know, potentially someone that you can look at for your expansion to Australia. So, uh, nice.
0: so yeah. So, uh,
1: so con- con- uh, con- congratulations for all your success. And
0: again, we'll, we will talk soon. Thanks for having me, Chris. And it's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for your time. See you. Bye.
1: Hey leaders. We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to leaders of tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed or better yet tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast, so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.